0: We're going to have a reading now from Acts chapter 16. This is the the story of of how the good news came to Philippi. We had a reading in the video, Leanne's um, reading, and I I want to kind of say that um, those verses, 6 and 7, are the verses that I'd like very much for Francesca and, and Tracy to take on board as verses to take with them from this service and take with them into the week. Um, And I think that um, you'll kind of understand why I'm reading this story from Acts 16, which is um, when the good news hit Philippi. So uh, Acts chapter 16, and from verse 16. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned round and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, They were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At Once all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to them, and all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then suddenly, he and all his family were baptized. Sorry, sorry. immediately, he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and said a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and all his family. So keep that story in mind as we um, turn to Philippians 4, the the reading that that Leanne had for us. Um, What is the the point of being a Christian? What is the cash value, if you like, of being a Christian? Um, You may remember the question, what do the Romans ever do for us? What did Christianity ever do for us? What's produced in the life of those who are Christians? Well, in the first place, there is an experience of joy when everything else seems to be very bleak and dark. Paul writes to the Philippian Christians Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Now, you need to remember that um, when Paul was saying this, he was not sitting in an easy chair in his lounge, sipping a cup of tea. He was in a prison cell when he wrote this. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Joy in a place of darkness. Of course, that brings us back to the story we've just read from Acts chapter 16. The reminder that... Paul and Silas, when they went to Philippi, the first time, the church that Paul is writing to here in Philippians, they had got into great trouble because this mission to Europe, the first mission to Europe, the first time the good news was proclaimed on European soil, first a woman, Lydia, we read that God very gently opened her heart to receive the message, but then, as we saw, this slave girl, who was obviously troubled by evil spirits, is set free by Paul and Silas as they pray in the name of Jesus. The owners of the slave are are angry because the cash cow has suddenly been killed. There's no way that she's going to make money as a fortune teller set free from the evil spirits who bring... The information to her mind. She's set free, she's clean. And Paul and Silas are put into prison. And we read that when they're in prison, at midnight, they sing hymns and pray to God. They're in the very most inner cell in the prison, the darkest place. They're locked up. It's dark, it's midnight. And they are singing hymns, and they are praying. Paul writes to them about a joy that can be experienced in the darkest place. Because he has experienced joy in the darkest place. That's the whole point. It's not a kind of theoretical statement. Um, You know, sometimes when people talk about being really happy in Jesus, sometimes people want to give them a punch. Because it can feel sometimes a little bit hackneyed and phony. But here's a man who actually was in the dark and did experience great joy. He was not just whistling in the dark, he was singing hymns of praise to God in the dark, songs in the night. That's a remarkable thing. What do you do at night when you wake up? Maybe you go to the loo, maybe you have a cup of tea. Maybe you count sheep. Maybe you worry about scenarios in your life or family. Paul and Silas awake at midnight sing hymns. There are 150 psalms and maybe they worked their way through them and they prayed. The Lord's my shepherd. I will not be in want. Joy. Joy in believing in Jesus, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Someone has said that um, joy is the echo of God's life within us. You know, we we can kind of understand why people are negative, we can understand why people grumble, and those things are often the default options in people's lives. Joy is not so spontaneous, joy is something that needs to be produced and generally produced from another place. and um, Rightly, C.S. Lewis, when he spoke about his conversion, gave it the title, Surprised by Joy. Joy is the echo of God's life within us, God prompting us to realize that there is something better, maybe, than our present circumstances, something better in relationship to him. So there they are, Paul and Silas, about midnight, and they are in the prison cell and they are rejoicing they knew what it was to trust in the living god they knew what it was to rejoice in the lord jesus and the other prisoners were listening to them they had great joy in jesus and they were interested what what, what are these people singing why are these people singing how can they be so happy When things have been taken away from them, when their freedom has gone and they're in a prison cell in the darkness of the night. Joy is not an isolated and occasional consequence of faith, but an integral part of the whole relation to God. When Jesus gets in to our life, joy gets in with him. Jesus and joy, they seem to come together, always come together together. I mentioned C.S. Lewis. Um, he speaks about being surprised by joy, and he speaks about the experience in his life of stabs of joy. He speaks about three stabs of joy as he was growing up, and the first was this young man who had lost his mother as a, a very young boy and had been sent away to a, a really cold and unwelcome boarding school from, but by his father, sent from Ulster, where he was born, um, to, to, to England. He said his first stab of joy was reading Beatrice Potter's Squirrel Nutkins. And you kind of think, well, praise God that C.S. Lewis experienced joy in reading a children's story. Maybe that's what got him going. Maybe that's what made him such a, a great writer. Um, writing the Chronicles of Narnia and so many other things. Joy comes into our life as an echo of the life of God in numerous ways, sometimes by a mother's touch, sometimes by an act of kindness, by a stranger. Sometimes the sheer delight in a lovely, well-written book, a beautiful piece of music or an amazing painting. The joy may be of a a well-painted wall, not by me, but by someone else. A stab of joy. The final stab of joy, C.S. Lewis said, was someone speaking to him about Jesus. There are stabs of joy in human life, and when we are stabbed by joy by Jesus, there is great freedom. You've heard these words before. I, I used these words first um, at um, Derek and Marilyn's wedding, if you remember. The bad news is there is no corner of reality where joy is not related to pain. The good news is that there is no corner of reality where pain could, cannot be transformed by overflowing joy. That's, that's joy in Jesus. Not joy that's determined by circumstances. We've heard a little bit about that from Tracy today. She's not joyful in Jesus because everything's gone her way in her life. A number of things have not gone her way. But she has seen the stab of joy. In Tim's, why didn't you come in? In Bassie's, God loves you. In Richard's prayer, in the kindness and welcome of many people here and in the welcome of the Lord Jesus Christ. But not just joy, not just joy in the darkest place, but also experiencing peace when life is seemingly very troubled. Not only were Paul and Silas singing hymns, joyful songs, but they are also praying. Now these words, take note, um, Tracy and Francesca. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul writes this, and of course Paul had experienced this. He was in the prison cell, he and Silas, and they were praying. And presumably that means that you can pray about anything. Nothing is too small for God's love and nothing is too big for God's power. You can Speak to God about anything and everything. And Paul and Silas were able to speak to him about being in the prison cell. What did they pray? Um, Imagine what they prayed. Lord, maybe they prayed, get us out of here. Maybe they prayed, use us in here to touch the hearts of people who are in this place. Maybe they said, gain great glory to yourself. I don't know what they were praying, perhaps some of those things, or a mixture of those things, or all of those things. Because Paul and Silas were in a prison cell, but they were free inside. There are many people around the world who are in prison because they're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Many. But they're free inside. You can't put chains on the human spirit. You can't put chains on a human heart. The heart that Jesus sets free is free indeed. Paul and Silas pray because they had experienced the peace. There's something very beautiful about this. You know, Paul goes on to say um, here in Philippians chapter 4. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put it into practice and the god of peace will be with you and the story of paul arriving in philippi was very beautiful wasn't it a woman a rich woman in a prayer meeting by a river that paul visits And while Paul speaks, the Lord gently opens up her heart to receive the message. Not violating her, not abusing her, but gently opening her life to an alternative way of thinking and living, a revolution. Or the slave girl who was abused by a master, who was used. And exploited, but who through the good news was set free what a beautiful thing that is and then finally the jailer we we'll come to it in a moment and the God of peace will be with you not only peace will guard your heart and mind as it guarded the hearts of minds of Paul and Silas but the peace of God with you you see the peace of God is not kept in some secret place in the church building, and we encounter it only here, the peace of God goes with us wherever we are, whatever our circumstances, in the worst of conditions and the best of conditions, and the peace of God will be with you. That's a good promise, isn't it? What a great promise that is. It is well with my soul. It is well peace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ so Paul and Silas don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done what were Paul and Silas praying Lord please get us out of here Um, Lord please do something to change the hearts and minds of people around us Lord please give glory to your name everything was pretty peaceful in the prison The jailer had gone to sleep. The Prisoners were all safe in their cells, chained to their cells. But then, there was an earthquake, an earthquake in the prison. All the prison doors open, chains break loose. There are two men in the prison who are at peace, Paul and Silas. The jailer is panicking. The jailer says, they're all going to escape. And he's about to kill himself. Paul and Silas say, don't harm yourself. We're all still here. We haven't run. We're all still here. It's miraculous, really, wasn't it? Miraculous peace and miraculous that they didn't all run. Sirs, what should we do to be saved? Or maybe as someone kind of translated it, Gentlemen, how can you get me out of this mess? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's what Paul says to this jailer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Um, You've not lost your job because we're all here. But there's more to lose than your job. You can lose your soul and you can save your soul. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. The jailer had not gone to bed that night with the agenda of meeting Jesus, but maybe the prayers of Paul and Silas just opened up the situation where he was ready to do just what Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. And of course, he believes out loud. He believes by being baptized, by confessing faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. A few weeks back, we used these three words, accept, believe, commit. And and Tracy kind of alluded to this a little bit this morning by saying, you know, that if you were to ask me on paper, um, I I would have been a Christian um, a long time ago. But in terms of reality, in terms of experience, um, something has happened to me recently, which has changed my life. Some people accept the facts about Jesus. They believe that he is who he says he is. There's a there's a group of students over at Sussex University. They had a um, an event this last week or so, and they had a um, a message board up that gave certain options as to what happened to the body of Jesus after he died, including the option that he was raised from the dead, and nearly everybody, nearly all the students, ticked he's raised from the dead because that's the right answer, isn't it? Or or that's the right answer that people um, are expected to give. We accept the facts, but we need to believe them. We need to believe that they are true and, and really trust the Jesus who has come to live and die for us and to be raised again. And we need to commit ourselves to him, to confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, just as Francesca and Tracy have done this morning. And that's what happened. The jailer and his household, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And there's a great note in the story that we read that that household was now full of joy. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Earlier in the previous day, he was the jailer. Guiding Paul and Silas to the central cell. Probably with little sympathy, maybe with little roughness. Certainly with not any kind of hospitality. What a difference in this man's life. Suddenly this rough jailer becomes a man who welcomes Paul and Silas, not into his prison, but in his house and his heart. This household is filled with joy because they've come to believe in Jesus. It's a great thing when a home is filled with the joy of Jesus. It's a great thing when a, a person is filled with the joy of Jesus. So, what does Christianity do in the life of an individual? Something quite remarkable. It introduces us to a joy and a peace that this earth cannot give us, that can only come from another place. And when it comes, it sticks and stays. Another joy that flits in and out like the sunshine when we're walking through the forest, but something that stays. Not a peace that's only a fair-weather peace, like an umbrella that's only good on dry days. No, a peace which is of industrial strength that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus has come that the very joy of heaven, the very peace of heaven, might be ours through his life, death, and resurrection for us. Have you found that joy? Have you found that peace? Come to Jesus and experience it even today. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for the joy and peace that there is in Jesus. We thank you for what we've heard of the way in which Tracy and Francesca have come to experience that joy and peace today. Father God, pray that you'll continue to fill them with that. And Father, we, we think about ourselves individually, and we pray that we might be those who have moved through those steps of accepting, believing, and committing ourselves to the Lord Jesus. We pray that we will not beat around the bush. We pray that we will be real with you and open to you. Father God, we thank you that in Jesus there is a friend who will sustain us for the long haul, who will sustain us all our days. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.